Ah, uh, yep. So you take your seats, which you've done very well, very well indeed. Uh, okay. Get that back to the start. It's quiet. Too quiet. Trek quite. Sean like that. He got that. It's quiet. Too quiet. It, no, seriously, it's quiet. It's too quiet. We got to be loud, yeah. So, can we do a bit of like a kind of like a an echo thing? I'm the voice. You're the cave. Cool. Hello. Hello, all right. Hi. Hi. I'm full of life. I love to smile. Yeah, all right, that's just something different, but we can talk, so that's cool. I'm glad to, I'm glad you, I can hear you talking. Um, there, that was a bit different there in the worship with the putting our hands on each other's shoulders. I'm not going to do that every week, but for a thing to go, you know what, we're here for each other, and that's cool. But first things first, um, who's got their Bible? Who... Another thing, who's on Instagram or Facebook? If you are and you haven't liked the youth, one youth, do it. Be on there. But who saw the post, bring your Bibles? Nope. There goes a tumbleweed. Um, <laughs> there, there was a post to bring your Bibles. And so this year and for the rest of the year, but this is you're going to be, we're going to create the culture where we're going to bring our Bible. Two cool reasons to bring a Bible. Number one is we can read it and look in it. Number two is that it's a seat saver, yeah? So we'll come in, save our seat. That's mine. I'm up the front because that's where we sit. And then the second is to read it. Cool? Yeah. So just a question. Does anyone not own a Bible? Put up your hand if you don't own a Bible. Okay. J- Jordan, so do you want a Bible? Yes. So Jaslyn, just can't borrow one. So we've got these Bibles here. It's the same translation that I normally use. And so for, um, for youth, if you ever bring a friend that doesn't have one and they want to look at one, We'll loan it to them for the service, and if they want to keep it and bring it every week, they can have it. Cool. So Jaslyn has got some Bibles here. She give one to Jordan over there, and anyone else that um, may want one, put your hand up, and she'll give you one so we can follow along. Is that cool? And so this year, we're also going to do a few more things of going, so we can go, all right, turn to Revelation, and people are like, where the heck's Revelation? We might go, turn to the book of Joshua, and you're like, he's up the front. Um, and... And so we're just going to try and unpack a lot more. This is where, that's where, hey, you guys, there's actually two seats up the front if you want. Yeah. Do it. Carl's a good encourager. But that's cool. So um, uh, who, who was here for last year for youth? Woo, Echo. Where's my Echo? One youth Echo. So youth was, uh, what was I been talking about last year? Unoffendable. And so hopefully for, we're going to have a youth conference this year. Hopefully, we're going to have some unoffendable apparel go out so we can run. So, Lincoln Surf shirts will not be cool. One youth ones will be, and that's what everyone wants. Yeah, exactly. And so, we're going to be working on that, which should be cool. Um, so, unoffendable, and I'm going to be continuing that series on today, yeah? And so, if if you have something yum at home, what do you say? If you have, like, some, I don't know, a soft serve on a hot day, and you're like, man, that's good, Yeah. Well, do you, what do you say? Anyone? What someone, someone say? Pete, what do you say when you have some really good food? Yep, yep. Mm, that's a good one. Mm. Sam, what do you say when he has a delicious meal? Mm, okay, Carlos, when you play a VR for the first time, what's your reaction? VR, uh, okay. Uh, something positive. What's like a positive expression? Awesome. So, how about when I say something good today that stirs your soul, can I have a awesome. Can I have a mmm? Now it's going to be weird, but because we're going to, because it's not me, it's the Bible, and we're going to encourage what the Bible says for our lives, yeah? 
So can we do that? So can everyone give their expression right now as an echo of what is um, cool? So I'll do mine and you do yours. So whether that's mm, whether that's awesome, whether that's boom, and I'll do mine, yeah? So I'll do mine and you do yours together. So on the count of four, one, two, three, four. Woo! Delicious. Now, that might be a bit weird. <laughs> Let's not leave delicious out. But, okay, so uh, other thing, who's got a notepad, pen, iPad, iPhone, take notes, turn airplane mode off, um, other than that. Other things, if you want to take photos, feel free. Hashtag One Youth SA. Let's get it streaming, yeah? Yeah? Let's get it streaming. But other thing before, I'll go to this now. If you're new to youth for the first time, we're so glad you're here. Everyone who's uh, One Youth veteran, give them a hand. Awesome. Now we're so glad you're here. Um, this, what we see now, guys, for right now, uh, this, by the end of the year, I believe that we're going to be out that way, out that way. We're going to have to be doing games outside, outside, yeah? We believe that because this is too small. That's good. I love the echo. Where was my... Mm, yeah, Pete was getting it. Okay, let's get into it. Yep, so everyone's got a Bible that wants one? Yep, yep, cool. We'll get to that soon because that's cool. But first thing first, who's heard of a radio? Who knows what a radio is? So um, for those that don't know, it's, yeah, it's, sometimes it's in your car and you have this like a knob on it and you've got these antennas and you've got to tune things in. That's a radio, right? Now, sometimes we can go on the internet and listen to the radio. And, but yeah, but at work, so I work, I'm a stitcher, I'm a polisher, so I'm like, it's like really cool. Uh, I'm like a manly girl job, but it's good. Um, but besides the point, there's a radio at my work that plays music. So, yeah, well, I won't sing any songs, but it plays music. But also, here's Joanna on the radio, which is cool. That's my little shout-out to Magic 899. But there's also Hamish and Andy. Now, who knows who Hamish and Andy are? Who's seen their TV shows, The Caravan of Courage, this, that, their activities? I think there's some funny stuff. Who likes that Hamish and Andy game, the Riding the Foamy Dragon? We'll have to do that again this year, yeah? Yes. Who, we're going to be having more prizes this year, better prizes, funner games, more competitions come next week. You don't want to miss a competition next week. Sean knows what it is. Be here. Get amongst it, literally. Mmm. Okay. But Hamish and Andy, so mid last year, they, I was doing my job, stitching away, working hard, like I should, and Hamish and Andy was on the radio. And they were talking about this thing called the not lying game. Can we say that? The not lying game. So um, Leanna's going to put up a picture on the screen and we'll read out the definition of the not lying game. Oh, the expectate, the, um, what's it called? The, the suspense is awesome. So the not lying, this is what it is. The process of giving the impression that a negative experience is actually a positive one without lying. So... Now, this even relates to my preaching or anyone's preaching at youth. We've got to be able to not lying and have the process of giving the impression that a negative experience is actually a positive one. And so when I preach bad, you've got to say, come on, that's good. Because mm, the better I feel, hopefully the better it will be, yeah? Let's, let's try and commit to that. But, um, but yeah, so not lying is the process of giving the impression that a negative experience is actually a positive one mm, without lying. And so that's, a, that's, quite a, that's quite a task there. Who's ever um, had a meal somewhere 
and uh, it's like you eat it and you're like, oh, that is bad, yeah? Like you go somewhere, you're like, man, that is not good. And then the person asks you, did you like it? And then it's like, you go like, how do I pause time? And it's like, it's like the world goes like slow motion, you're like, Who's seen Over the Hedge when the, what's it, a raccoon, what's his name? No, not a raccoon, it's a, a squirrel has a coffee. And like, I think, I wish when, I, when moments like that come, I wish I could have coffee and just be like super speed. And because you're like, what am I going to say here? Because you don't want to offend them, but you don't want to go, yes, it's delicious. And they give you a whole heap more, yeah? Who feels my pain? And so the not lying game or this, what Hamish and Andy are talking about, they were talking about, how do you go about a situation where it's a, with, how do you deal with a negative situation without being horrible, but also not uh, making it worse for you, yeah? And so it was a weird one. And so, it, it, so one of the things they talked about was, um, so we basically, how do you not offend someone without lying? That's the question. And this is what, this is some examples. So let's just say your mum makes you curry, right? Who likes curry? Who, who's been to Spicy Planet? I love a good butter chicken. I love a good bit of naan bread. But let's just say someone makes you curry, and it's, it's not, mm. it, it's, let's just say it's not, mm. and so then, um, so then option one is we go, we lie and say, that was the most succulent, delicious curry ever, bum bum, lie, we can't say that, because it's not delicious, it's disgusting, it's horrible, it should, dogs don't even deserve to eat it, yeah, and so, and, but then, so that's, that's option one, we say that was the best curry I've ever had, and really it's like, on red in the face, you feel like you're dying because it's like poison. And so option two is not lying. And so you go, mum, I have never had a curry on that level before. Low level. <laughs> or another one you could say is, mum, I've never had a curry on that. Um, sorry, I stuffed it up. Uh, or you go, yeah, I just stuffed it up completely. That's all right. But, um, so, but you can see the difference there. There's one thing that you go, oh, man. That was a delicious curry, mum. No, it wasn't. Gag up. Or you go, I've never had a curry quite like that before. See how you're not lying, but you're not like being mean either. Can we see that? Can you see that? Maybe that helps you out. Maybe tomorrow at school, the, the teacher might be like, here, have a sausage chisel. And you're like, no. And they go, how was it? Um, I've never had a sausage quite like it before. That's a good one. Um, there we go. The purple's going everywhere. Um, and so, uh, but then, so there's a but there's a difference between not lying and sarcasm. Who's had, who knows what sarcasm is? So not lying is saying something in a way to not offend someone, but sarcasm is saying nice things that are rude. Yeah, so that's the difference. So the opposites. Um, synonyms are when two things sound the same but are different, and antonyms are two things that sound different but mean the same. Yeah, that's English for you. Look at that. I sh- that's. Your English teachers will love me. But, and so, not lying and sarcasm, I don't know how, what they are for antonyms or, or whatever, but they're the opposites. Not lying is being polite and being nice, but sarcasm is saying nice things that are mean. Yeah? So you might go, man, I don't want to say this because it's not true, but hopefully people will be able to be unoffendable. Nice shoes, man, but really but <laughs> nice shoes, man. But they're actually nice shoes. But so, so you're saying something nice, but it's actually that's what sarcasm is. You're saying something nice, but it's actually mean, right? When not lying is going, I've never seen shoes quite like them before. Um, or I've never seen shoes um, on that level before. Uh, low level, but you know, interesting. But um, so we see there, there's a difference between not lying and sarcasm. 
Bible time. Grab your Bible, and we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 6. So 2 Samuel chapter 6. Oh, Carlos, encouragement. Give Carlos a clap for encouraging. The echo is going wild. So 2 Samuel, where do we find that in our Bible? We're going to, I'm going to make that clear to us. So it's in between 1 Samuel and 1 Kings, I think, yes. 1 Samuel, two, one Samuel and 1 Kings is, is 2 Samuel. Anyone found that? So we're going to 2 Samuel chapter 6, 16 to 23. 16 to 23. Now, if you're taking notes, here's the title. We're ready to take notes while you're finding that. Unoffendable, it's time to dance. Not dance, say dance. Now say dance. Dance. I love dance. It's more, more British. It's more up. It's more poshy. I, now, I used to always say dance or oh, let's dance, but now I go, let's dance. Let's dance. How do, you, how do you write the difference between dance and dance? Is there a way you can write it so it sounds better? Put it on a, um, a what, italic. Is that right? Italic? Italic. So that's when you write dance with an italic. That's dance. Okay? So we're going to talk about unoffendable. It's time to dance. Cool? Say so that. It's time to dance. Time to dance. All right. So 2 Samuel 16. Oh, I'm not even on the right part myself. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 16 to 23. We're cool for that. Unoffendable part something. It's time to dance. Just nudge your neighbor and say, it's time to dance. What's the title of the message? It's time to dance. Dan- no, dance. That's sarcasm and I don't like it. <laughs> so, all right. And so I've said all this. I've said all this because we're going to read a situation in the Bible where someone's not lying. They're using sarcasm, which is not cool. That, so, it's not cool. So, echoes, guys. We're gonna. If you see, hear something in this, that's good. Give us a yeah. Mm, give us yeah. That's awesome. All that. Whatever you want to say. So, we, let's read it. Yeah, we'll finally get to it. Chapter six to uh, verse sixteen. Sorry, to twenty-three. So, Michael's contempt for David. Pause. Michael is a chick. Tap the person next to you. Say, Michael is a chick. Michael's a chick. And another little bit of sub-context as well. So there's this bloke here called David. Say David. So David's the king, but he, what happened was he's married this chick called Michael. I know, it's a weird name, eh? Who, who calls their, their daughter Michael? I don't know. Uh, I've never heard a name quite like it before. <laughs> a weird name like it before. Um, but so Michael was, she, her dad was killed, King Saul. King Saul's no longer king. David's king now. Weird situation, but yeah. So we're cool for that. So we're ready. Verse 16, we're finally getting into it. But the ark of the Lord entered the city of David. Um, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing. Say dancing. Before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Who knows what being filled with contempt is? It's kind of like anger or like jealousy. It's kind of like a blend of those two, yeah? So give it me your look, Michael looking out the window, filled with contempt look. That's, we'll get there. Um, now keep, keep reading. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. 
After David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord, when they had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. Now let's pause there. I bless you all. Now I've got to give you all pizza, cake, and other things. Yeah, who reckons that we call out youth every week? It's biblical. Maybe that's something we've got to look into. Blessing everyone. Oh, we bless you, youth. Now let's give you a cake, pizza, and everything else. It's biblical. Right, keep going. When David returned home to bless his own family, so that's what we do first. We bless people at youth, and we bless people at our family. Take notes of that. I bless people at youth, and I bless people at home. Uh, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how dis- I nearly said the wrong word. How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord. He chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as leader of Israel and the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I'm distinguished. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Boom. That didn't go to quite the same uh, reaction as I was after. But, um, and so we see there that, first of all, we saw, then we go to what it said about the, the, um, the what's the word? Not, what was I looking at? Sarcasm. So we see there, this Michael chick had some sarcasm towards her husband. She said, how distinguished the king looked. And she wasn't meaning he looked distinguished. She was meaning he looked like a, a fool. Because then it says um, uh, how he was... Uh, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. Now, I'm going to press pause on the remote, pause it, and look on the other aspect of that, is that the most, like, one of the biggest myths in the church circles is that David was naked there, that they think, oh, because how do you shamefully expose yourself without being naked, yeah? It's a pretty good question, but we're going to read some verses before this later, and we'll see why. That's a myth that he was naked. Um... But we can still shamelessly expose ourselves without being naked. That's cool. Critics compliment. Can you say that to the person next to you? The critics compliment. Now, one day in the future, I'm going to preach a message about the critics compliment, and it's similar to do with this. But um, often when we're being criticized, it's actually a compliment, right? So if you're taking notes, write that down. The critics compliment. Michael was being sarcastic, saying David looked distinguished, really meaning the opposite. But David says the young girls will actually respect me for my actions. Right, and so I want to. We've got to ask ourselves a question: Who, who, who am I? Whose voice do I listen to? Do I listen to the one critic, or do I listen to the people that all respect me for my actions? Right? So, so everyone there? Yep. So uh, I'll go to this. And so, um, what? So the like, a question that leads me to is: um, Who do I get my attention from? What is cool in my eyes? is often dumb in someone else's eyes, right? And what is dumb in my eyes is often cool in someone else's. For example, you might see a new fashion trend coming out. For example, oh no, I won't say that. There's some, there's some shoes that I see these days and I'm like, man, that is not cool. That is really not cool. But in my eyes, it's not cool. But in their eyes, it is cool. Yeah? 
And so in life, there's some things that I do that you might be like, I wouldn't do that. And there's some things that you do in your life, I'm like, I wouldn't do that. But then when we get really serious, say, for example, let's talk about relationships. Do you want to go there? You want to go into relationships? Yep, Carmel, she's giving me the permission. Um, so there's things that I'll see, like, now I'm not some creep, like, eh, get a wife, wife, wife. But I will, I will look, <laughs> just like that. That's good. I got the reaction. There's, um, so I'll use that. So, but I will, I'll see women and I'll go, that, it's, it's attractive. That, what that person did right there, that's attractive. doesn't mean I'm going to marry them or like, oh, I'm in love. But no, I go, but that there, I want in my wife. And then there's some things that girls do. I'll be like, that, I do not want to marry that, yeah? And, and you girls might do the same things. You might see a guy and be like, oh, man, the way he flexes that bicep, the way those, those um, nipples dance, dance. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. But you might go, that's really attractive. And then you might go, you might see a guy with a bit more of a belly and go, the way he makes that thing talk is awesome. I don't know. But, there, but then as it goes down to, what someone sees in their eyes is often different to what we see in our eyes, yeah? And so let's go back to my example of women. When I see girls that like to drink, I go, Ugh. I go, disgusting. I'm like, that's not what I find attractive. But when I see a girl that goes, you know what, I just don't need it. It's, it's, it's not worth it. Um, it costs too much. Oh, come on. I like, that's almost like I'm almost going to ask him out on a date probably. Um, uh, but I, res- I respect the girl that's like that. I go, you know what, whether I'm going to go on a date or not, I respect the girl that goes, I just don't need a drink. And for me, when I see girls that love getting drunk and going out, I'm like, it's, just, it's off-putting. It's yuck. And so, um, uh, but then another guy might, so I see the girl that doesn't like a drink, go, mm, I, I don't mind that person. But then I see the girl that loves to drink, I'm like, yuck. Another guy will see the girl that doesn't like to go, the drink and go, that's yuck. That's gross. What, you don't drink? But then he will see the girl that loves getting off her face and, and being, ah, and, and go, ah, oh, that's my kind of girl. And, but, and so we see there, there's, there's always two sides of a story, yeah? We see that. And then, but the question is, as a Christian believer, whose side of the story are we interested in? Yeah? And so, uh, yeah, and so, um, uh, with, so with worship, when we praise, who do you please? Bump the person next to you politely. Who do you please? Who do you please? Who do you please? Uh, Carmel, who do you please? No. Carlos, who do you please? That's good. And so, um, or what voice do you listen to? The person that says yuck or the person that says that's an attractive quality? For example, some people will see me jumping around at church and be like, what the heck is he doing? But other people go, that's an attractive quality. I would like to be fearless like that when I worship. And so we've got to ask ourselves, who, what voice do I listen to? When I preach, I can get so discouraged. Do I listen to the person, man, I wish I was getting revelations like that? Or do I listen to the person that goes, man, look, who's he thinking he is preaching like that? But I've got to go, because there's always going to be two sides of the story. And we've got to go, we've got to choose. But um, back to this story, we see Michael was one, and we see girl, say girl, what does... We, back to English lesson. What does an S mean on a word? Plural, multiple. So we see here there was a, a negative comment from one, and then there was po- there was multiple that respected David, right? And so often in life, the one negative you'll get for worshiping God, the one criticism you'll get 
There's a multiple that actually respect what you're doing, that are actually going, that's attractive. I, I want to be like that. I, I respect that, yeah? And so we've got to go, who are we listening to? Who do we get our, our fulfillment from? The person that goes, oh, why do you worship? Why do you go to church? Or do we go to the person, no, because for example's sake, we can look at Jaslyn Miller right now. We at Youth Go, I respect how she does a sign-in. I respect how she comes in on time. I respect that she goes, yes, I'll help out. People that, she might have someone at school that goes, she might have someone at school that goes, why do you go to church? One negative, but then she has all of us that look up to her, right? And so who, who do you get the attention from? The one negative person that telling you you need to be at school or the rest of that go, we look up to you. We, we're pleased in what you're doing, yeah? And so, um, uh, yeah, I've got to, I've changed. Uh, and so at the end, it said that Michael remained childless. And so this is a big key for us. Uh, the negative voice of, of praise at youth is going to remain childless. Uh, it, will not, we will, it will not produce more negativity. And we're going to, that's the word of the God there. It says, um, uh, so Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. And so whatever voice we have here at youth that says, worship's dumb, worship's bad, having, praising at church is not cool, that voice is going to die and it's not going to reproduce, yeah? We're not going to let that reproduce, yeah? Come on, we've got to get that. So now we're going to go back to the start of that 2, um, two Samuel chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 1 back to what we read. So who's found that? Moving the ark to Jerusalem. The ark, who's heard of the ark before? Who's with the animals? Right, different ark. This is a different ark. So I'm going to bring some clarity to us because this is what we're here for. So the ark with the animals is a box that stored animals, yeah? The ark here is an ark that's called the Holy Spirit. I- interesting thing. So in the Old Testament, they had this small box. It was a big ark for the animals. This was a small ark that held the Holy Spirit and a few other, a stick and some other things, some gold and stuff. But um, literally, that's all it had. But this box had the Holy Spirit in it. But we live in a New Testament world where the Holy Spirit lives in us. We don't, and so um, we're going to read this and see what that ark did. And so now we represent that ark, Okay. So let's do it. Then David again gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all. Say 30,000. He led them to Balah. Say, say blah. Blah. They're like a sheep. Blah. Blah. Must be a town of sheep, eh? Of Judah. To bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, who knows that our God is a God of an army? Yep. So, we're, so that's, I, I think it's cool that um, I have an army that's on my side. I'm a citizen of heaven before I'm an Australian, so I've got an army before I have the Australian army. But we, we won't go to that into this today. They placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from some bloke's house, which was on the hill of Uzzah and Ai. And this bloke's sons were guiding the cart that carried the ark of God. Ai walked in front of the ark. David and all the of the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. We need, we love all kinds of musical instruments here. Yes. Yes, yes, we do. We love music. Um, lyres, harps, tambourines. I don't know that instrument. And cymbals. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and Uzziah reached out his hand 
and steadied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was arose against Uzziah, and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzziah died right there beside the ark of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzziah. He named that place Perza Uzzah, Uzziah, or something, which means to burst out against Uzziah, as it is called today. David was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, how can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. Say three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Say blessed. Blessed. Now, we're going to go to another bit of context here. How come this thing of God killed someone? What, if it was a thing of God, why did it kill someone? First of all, if we, were to, if we were to go back and see when this ark was built, it had these like tubes in it that you'd put a stick in so men would carry it. So you'd have, can I, Sam, come up quickly with Pete and Jared. I'll borrow you quickly. Come down, give them a clap. Just stay, stay there, stay there, Pete. Stay there, Sam. And just go in front of me, Jared. So let's say this is the box of the ark, right? What would happen is, say, if we just imagine an imaginary stick that runs here and imagine an imaginary stick that holds here. You'd, I'd assume you'd either hold it like this or you'd go on your shoulder like that, right? And then you'd go forward. So you can just picture that. Like, kind of like a coffin. Bad picture. We want life here. But kind of like a coffin, yeah? So can you picture that? So that's what it was meant to be. So cool. Thank you, guys. Give them a clap. So these... Um, this ark thing was meant to be carried by people, and they go, oh, we're not going to carry it the way it's meant to be carried. We're going to put it on some oxen and let it, them do it. What happens is it, gets, it goes to fall down, a guy goes to stop it, and it causes him more damage. We link this to another note for us. It's not what I was preaching about. But when we do things not the way God designed it, and we, then we try to fix a problem, it often costs us more damage than doing the thing the right way the first time. So that one, youth, we're going to do things the right way the first time, yeah? When rather than doing a cheap, quick fix or a nasty fix, we're going to, you know, we're going to do it the right time because that cheap, nasty fix is going to potentially cost us more than it is to just do it the right way the first time, yeah? Yep, cool. And so, but we saw there, it said, um, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom's and his entire household because that's where the ark was. Cool? And so then we keep reading on, then the king David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has um, because of the, the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a full, since he had now it says men were carrying, carrying again. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord, so they thought we're going to do it right this time. Um, uh, after David sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf, uh, and David danced, say danced, before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. See there, he's wearing clothes. He's wearing a priestly garment. So he's a king wearing priest clothes, different clothing. You'll need that later. And so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord uh, with shouts of joy and blowing of ram's horns. Um, and we, I was going to quickly read then what we read at the start again, so we have the full coverage. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had pre prepared for it. 
And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifice, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a, a cake of dates, pizza, and more cakes. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. So David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as a leader of Israel, the, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even be humiliated in my own eyes, but those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Now we're going to unpack that. So, so the ark was a box in which the Holy Spirit was filled, as I said before. So where the ark went, God's power went, and it brought blessing, right? But today, we can be filled with the Spirit. T- tell the person next to you, you can be filled with the Spirit. And so just as this ark, this box, went to Obed-Edom's house and blessed his house and everything in it, where, when the Holy Spirit's in us, when we go home, we bless our home. When we go to school, we bless our school. Yeah? Because that's what happens. When the Holy Spirit's in us, just like the Holy Spirit's in the ark blesses where it is, when the Holy Spirit's in us, we bless where we go. Yeah? Come on. Give me agreement. Because that's good preaching. You are not responding well. And so, um, but today, and so if, if you go, you know what? I want to have some of this Holy Spirit filling in me because I want to be a blessing. We're going to do that at the end. Yeah, that's cool. But point one, if you're taking notes, this is another point, but this is my real point. Shamelessly is unoffendable. Weird point, but shamelessly is unoffendable. Romans 1, 16a says this, I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. Other translations say the gospel, which is the message of Jesus. It has the power, it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Now, and then 2 Samuel 16, 21, as we saw, I was dancing, dancing, and celebrating before the Lord. And so oh, I believe um, our posture speaks louder than words. And so I often say this, heaven is a party, yeah? There's, there's an awesome party in heaven. And we'll be partying there, so why not start now? Tell the person next to you, why not start now? And so um, when, when, it comes to, when it comes to God, are we ashamed about the Bible? Are we ashamed about Jesus? Do we really believe it? Because if we're not, if we do, we'll be unoffendable. Because won't, I won't care what someone says. I'm not going to take offense. I'll go, no, this is just who I am. This is what I want to do. Next point, straight into it, exposing. And so um, it talked about David was exposed. In the ampli- ampli- uh, Amplified Bible, it says he stripped off his royal robes. And we saw that he was, he was dancing in a priestly garment. So King David, back in the day, you wore your crown, probably purple robes and all this, a whole heap of stuff. But he goes, David goes, no, I'm going to expose myself. I'm going to take all this title off. And so the question is for us, what do we have to strip off our lives? Our identity, our title, sometimes our bad attitudes, our friends. What are the things that prevent you from dancing before the Lord? What are the things that stop you from celebrating before God? It could be a bad mindset that goes, what will they think? You've got to strip that off. It might be going, no, I'm the cool kid at school. You've got to strip that thing off. It might be, oh, um, that's not my thing. No, no, we've got to strip that off, yeah? Tell the person next to you, strip that off. This is bad, but it's, it's almost, it's time to get naked in a sense. And so, um, um, 
another, and there's another meaning for expose. So one meaning of expose is like that, like stripping off. But then there's another meaning of expose, which I'll try and use some examples so we can understand it. So let's say I got exposed to radiation. I'd get cancer. Yeah? We've, we probably know that. If I got exposed to, cancer, uh, to radiation, I'd get cancer. And if we see a little kid, like we see like little toddlers swim, if we saw them swimming in the pool, we'd say they were exposed to water young. Yeah? It would. Um, uh, when we see little kid loving chili foods, we'll say they were exposed to chili early or they were, spo- they were exposed to spicy foods early in life. Yeah? We know that meaning. And so David exposed himself to God. What, um, what, uh, oh, that's it. Got it. Well, I can't tie up my notes to save my life. If you want something good in life, you've got to expose yourself to it. Yeah? We've got to do it. And so we've got to go, let, we, as one youth, we've got to go, we're going to expose ourselves to God. We're going to expose ourselves to worship. We're going to expose ourselves to dancing, to celebrating. Yeah? And so um, if I want a cake, I'll expose myself to some cake. I, I want some deep fried goodness. I'll expose myself to KFC. I, I want to have freedom in church. I'm going to sp- expose myself to some dancing. Yeah? Come on. 2 Samuel 16:22 said this, And yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even be humiliated in my own eyes. It's all about God, not us. Say it's about God. Point. It's about God, not me. Now point about God not me now everyone will point it's about God God not me we get there good job Jordan um, and so and but with that it's not about distracting others no but so that's another thing let's not do stuff to distract us go get all the attention on me because it's not about us it's about God but um, when we true when we are truly unoffendable and we praise unoffendably um, we will do things that embarrass ourselves because it's not about me, it's about God. And can I say, Carmel had her 18th last night. Well, it's actually today. Everyone say happy birthday to Carmel. Now, she, she had dancing at, her, at this birthday. And I personally, I don't like to dance. I don't. I can do a rainbow dab. But, but so that's about it. But um, I can't do it with a microphone. It's a bit hard. But I personally don't dance. But at church, I can make a commitment to dancing because I'm exposing myself before God. Um, and so, and because I go, you know what? I'm unoffendable about this because if I can't do it now, I'm going to be doing it in heaven. So why can't I start it now? And so we're going to be a place that we're not going to judge you for your dancing. We might say, hey, that's that's um, distracting others. But there is a difference between praising God and going all for God and distracting. But we've got to be a place that we're unoffendable praises, yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah. So I said that Psalms 107 verse two says this. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Now, I love that because Jesus has redeemed me. Has Jesus redeemed you? Has Jesus given you a purpose for life? The NIV says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And the King James Version, this is one of my favorite ones, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell the person next to you, what's your say so? Say it like you mean it, what's your say so? What should, now I'm going to say things. What's your story? Um, has the Lord redeemed you? Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. When we come to church, when we praise, when we worship, that's our say-so. Because we're saying, the Lord has redeemed me. I celebrate, I party, I dance because the Lord has redeemed me. That's my say-so. Yeah? 
And so what is your say-so individually? Izzy, what's your say-so? Ellie, what's your say-so? Liana, what's your say-so? Sean, what's your say-so? And so in a moment, we're going to be having a praise party and we're going to go, this is my say-so, yeah? yeah? That's cool. If the band can actually get ready, because by the time I do this, we'll be into that. And so um, are you ashamed? Get offended? One youth, what's your say-so? Your worship or your, or your not worship is a say-so, yeah? Our worship is a say-so, but so is our not worship is equally a say-so. And so, um, and so what's your say-so? God sucks or God rocks? Bad one, they don't rhyme. I tried to get rhyme ones, but that didn't work. Um, your praise, your worship determines your say-so, honestly. So if this is my worship, God, you're good. That's a say-so, but uh, a bit of uh, celebrating, a bit of dancing, that's a say-so as well. And so what say-so would you believe? Yes, God. Yeah, you're awesome. Or, yes, God, you're awesome. Which say-so would you believe? Yeah? And so ask yourself, what say-so do I believe? Do I believe the say-so of Jesus? Or do you believe the say-so of Jesus is good? Jesus is king, yeah? And we've got to have a say-so. Um, another one is as well is, um, what's your say-so? Gossip? We, like, and we, there's so many things we can say-so. Is it as our say-so of gossip? Oh, look at him. Look at her. Or is our, our say-so? No, no. They, they're valued in God's eyes. They're loved in God's eyes. I, they're a friend because they're, they're in my crew, yeah? You're all in my crew. Last one. Who's ready for the last verse? Psalms 42, 46. Now, this relates to each one of us. So say, this is me. This is me. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers. So I say crowds of worshippers. Leading a great possession to the house of God. Singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I'll put my hope in God. I'll praise him again, my saviour and my God. One youth, it's time to lead the great possession. Procession. And so church, One Heart Church on Sunday morning, that's a great procession. There's multiple people coming to God, but it says here, this person led that great procession. We get to lead church and worship, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? We get to lead that. We get to be the ones leading the way. Um, and so, uh, oh, then it says here, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I'll put my hope in God again. I'll praise him again, my Savior and my God. And so in life, we can get discouraged. Who goes to school and just gets discouraged? You might have, who remembers me preaching this morning, accidental deaths, the oops, oh no moments. That can be discouraging. You might, I didn't mean to do that. I shouldn't have said that. I should not have smelt that. I should not have touched that. And we can have those moments and get discouraged. Yeah, is it true? Am I my only one? But we're going to, you know what? No, I'm going to go back to church and I'm leaving that great procession. I'm not going to be someone in the back. There's going to be a celebration at church, but I'm going to be up the front. I'm going to be leading that. And so let's just dim these lights down because we're going to get a party going, yeah? yeah we're cool yeah. for this. And so what's your say-so one? You come down the front. We're going to get into this. And so um, we're going to, who, who reckons church should be fun? Let's all come down the front. Let's all come down the front. And so yeah. if we can just get some music playing, we just go back to staff, we have to, just to get a bit of, and so we're going to, yeah, come down, 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 down the front, look, up here, up here, up here. So right now, we're at the front of a great procession, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, we are. We're just coming down a little bit, Carlos. Uh,
So we see here, we saw in the Bible, there's a great procession and we get to lead it, right? So at One Heart Church next week, where are we going to be? Here, yeah? I'm going to be here. Are you going to be here? Because we're going to lead. And so we might have a horrible week this week. Hope, hope not, but we might have oops moments. We might have accidental deaths, but we're going to go, you know what? Why am I so discouraged? I'm leading the party. And at youth, where are we going to be every week? Out the front. Because we're unoffendable worshippers and it's time to dance. Yeah? So it's time to dance. So I'm going to get Carmel up quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Now turn the music up. So, so there's a, the chorus of this song goes, Now I'm free. There is nothing holding me. What is a nothing's holding me dance move, Carmel? Yeah, what's a nothing's holding me dance move? Go to that now. We're going to do a bit of a chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And so this church, church is fun. Youth is fun. And it's going to be a place where celebrating God is fun. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And so we're going to have a place where Holy Spirit fill us. So I'm going to quickly pray. And we're going to party this night out. Yeah. Yeah. God, we just thank you that you spoke to us right now. Keep that music just going a little bit because it gives me a bit more because of tumbleweeds. God, we just thank you that you're going to fill us up, that as we go back out of this place tonight, that we're going to be a blessing in our house. We're going to be a blessing in our school because Holy Spirit, you're within us. We thank you that we're unoffendable worshippers, that we praise in a way, that we say so that you've redeemed us, that we say so that you love us. 